This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. After Ipswich Town's dreams of League Cup glory have to be put off for yet another season. The league matches are returning thick and fast this week, starting with a trip up the A14 to Birmingham. This is the Blue Monday podcast. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast discussing Ipswich Town up or down since 2015. I'm Richard Woodard and welcome to the pre-match show brought to you in partnership with our friends at the Greyhound Pub in Ipswich. We're available live every week here on YouTube or on demand on video and podcast after the fact. And joining me as always to cast his researched, his learned eye over Birmingham City or should we say Wayne Rooney's Birmingham City. Seb Brown, how are you, Seb? I'm good. I was going to step in there and correct you. He has to be referred to. It has to be referred to as it's Wayne one of these Rooney's ones Birmingham. now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's Roy Keane's Ipswich. It's it's Wayne Rooney's Birmingham. That will be the official title moving forward from this point. I'm good, thank you. I'm all right. I am. Um, yeah, I've got a new setup with a new microphone. So if, if people in the chat could let me know if I sound even more monotone than normal, that would be great. Um, but no, no, I'm good, thank you, mate. Light looking shades, to, looking forward shades. to Birmingham and Rotherham and Swansea. I've got three games coming up next week, which I'm looking forward to. Hat trick. Are you doing all of them? I'm doing them all. Oh everyone hashtag it's not seb's fault or is it i'm not gonna say blame seb because yeah no. i was gonna say i've, I've well, i'm all right you haven't got there yet i was at the preston game we won 4-2 it's all good there you go yeah and you and leeds you're at leeds weren't you yeah and huddersfield yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah well should we say hello to folk at the chat who might have moderately be- better records um darren's with us first in let's not get negative about the match i see me to him fulham which we will de- uh we'll I'll, I'll get. I, I was there last night, so I can take the blame for last night. Um, I'll give my assessment of that one, but let's move on. As the chant was going last night, Seb, for about 20 minutes, F the cup, <laughs> we're going up. So, uh, yeah, let's move it on. Michael, uh, good morning from Brisbane. It's going to be a hot one. It's not a hot one here. Grotty, Seb, grotty. Uh, in this part of the world, I, it, it was a noisy night's sleep, but it, I guess the people have had it worse um in the south of the uk today so i hope everyone is saying safe and michael yeah get the factor 30 out i guess evening to charlie um evening to alex in santiago chile loving that evening to mullet 
um, evening to Steve saying similar about cup game over onwards and upwards. Wholeheartedly agree with that. Hello to Rob. Um, Chris is back, our mate in New Zealand. Great to have you with us as well. Queenstown, Seb, is where I've done two bungee jumps and okay. um, other adventure sports. That is the kind of backpackers. Um, Mecca is New, Ze- uh, New Zealand is Queenstown. Plenty of cool stuff to do there. So um, lots of good memories of that. And we've got Dunedin as well, casually chucked in here as well. Evening to Charlie. Um, sunny spring morning in Dunedin. Love that. Um, hello to the um, New Zealand crew. I'm loving this. Um, a lot of positive feedback for your microphone, Seb. Excellent. Sounding smooth and um, all good. Um, good evening, Tractor Grandad. I'm an old boy, but uh, I'm, I'm F, I assume that's in loving this season. Love that. Uh, Tractor Grandad, great to have you with us as well. Um, oh, here we go. The Shire Shark, 62. We have to accept we're going to lose a match at some point. Better to lose at Fulham and move on to uh, wins at Birmingham Rotherham. Yeah, a lot of endorsement for that, I'm sure. Um, Tim is with us as well. Hope you're safe, Tim. Um, certainly not a... Um, weather not particularly great where you are, so I hope everyone is safe where you are. Tony, uh, question mark, lucky mascot, Seb. We shall, well, we'll find out next week, won't we? Uh, Neil is with us as well. Um, Rob, well, he's, he's he's given the game away here, Seb. We were talking about this in the green room. In a way, I'm glad that we haven't got an extra game between the Norwich and Leeds game. Um, so, yeah, concentrate on the league. It would have been a bit congested, wouldn't it? Uh, so we will definitely talk to that in a second. Rob is here. Steve is here. Um, and hello to our good friends, uh, John, um, who I know very well from Ben's excellent content. So very happy he's um, decided to show his loyalty to Ipswich Town content for one night only. Uh, so, John, great to have you. And Blue Spokers, who did a fantastic show with Ben, actually, pre- previewing uh, Saturday's game. So definitely go and check those guys out on Twitter. We've retweeted it. So great to have some uh, Birmingham City uh, eyes on what you're about to say, Seb. Um, do correct us if we go wrong. And also, uh, another kind of um, a warning. I, I lived up in the Midlands. I might not have mentioned it a few times, but I lived in the Midlands for quite a while, almost 15 years. And I might call Birmingham City Blues because that's generally how they're known in that part of the world. So when I say Blues, I mean Birmingham. If I say Ipswich or Town, that's Ipswich. And it's just, it's it's all I know. So I'm sorry. If you do that, that's an automatic 10-point deduction in the... uh, Oh, yeah. Here we go. Every time. Every time you do it. Only way you're going to make it work. So great to have you guys. And if you've got any insights as well, if we go wrong, um, do let us know as well. But should we talk about Fulham then, Seb? What's your kind of... From less of a... More of a kind of neutral... I wasn't at the game, so I haven't got any particular axes to grind. But the sentiment from folks so far about concentrate on on matters elsewhere probably is... Yeah. ...being true, isn't it? That's how I see it. Yeah, we've whinged last time, 2023, and for some stupid reason, I can't watch the game on the telly at all. So that was frustrating. Oh. But it is what it is. We're out the cup for another year. It's been a, it's been a you know a, a decent cup run. Two Premier League sides compared to the the previous years where we'd always go out to Colu or Crawley or somebody. So it's been a useful mechanism, I think, to get people up to mechanism. match fitness and provide you know minutes squad minutes for the squad players that deserve it that perhaps know they're not going to be starting week in week out. You were there. What was the overall assessment of the game? Obviously. We made 11 changes. They made eight changes. I think that shows you where our priorities lie. But as the eyes on in the ground last night, what were, what were your thoughts and summarizations of it? I came away thinking that it was a Premier League team against a League One team in kind of transition, really. Um, even when Fulham rotate, and they didn't rate, rotate a huge amount, 
clearly the, the motivation for them is much stronger to get to the final than us, perhaps at this particular point. And McKenna alluded to that. They can still bring in likes of Dick or Dover Reed for who cost them 10 million quid. I did the cut. They've got a, the left back, um, Torre, who is excellent, uh, on loan from AC Milan, Bassi from Ajax for 18 million quid, Castagna for 15 million quid, Lukic for 9 million quid, Harry Wilson, 12 million quid, Pereira, 10 million quid, Munis, 6 million. You know, it's, it's, it's a very different game when you get to the kind of the level where Fulham are. And I think. Some of us maybe look down a little bit on noses at, at Fulham, but they are a pretty established at this point Premier League team, albeit you know not historically over over the, a long period of time like you know the big six and all that kind of stuff. But nevertheless, they have they've really good backing off the field financially, and the Premier League money is is a massive, um, even parachute money when they've come down is a, is is massive for them as well, and it just means that when they rotate there's no noticeable drop off and you do see the difference between the players Seb and it was the same at Wolves maybe we got a little bit lucky against Wolves you know we we worked hard scored goals at good times etc and I think Wolves just didn't really fancy it that night but you even then you could see like players like Huang who've suddenly had gone on a great run for Wolves it's that speed of thought there's no it's in all instinctive they've got the peripheral vision you know when they make a clearance it's typically a long ball to someone in their team rather than just a hoof out of play and you know we're with great greatest respect to this team that has got us up we are rotating and bringing in players that have largely played at league one level and it and it showed at times last night and and therefore you know there's no disgrace in losing to fulham and as others have said in terms of the list of priorities this is not one so yeah. let's move on and you know useful minutes for some maybe some lessons on certain players as well and that might inform some of our january business perhaps as well so yeah disappointed obviously to lose never want to lose but wider context is not a surprise and we move on and it's key isn't it i mean chris rand in our telegram group pointed out the next round i'd love to have gone to goodison in the in the next mm. round i'd love to trip up there but you know it falls between the norwich game on the saturday morning the leeds game the following saturday it's not a week you want to be traipsing away from home is it that time of year yeah. december is a ridiculously busy month as we know it's a tough month given the tough month tough given, month. The, fi- given the fixtures uh, that are upcoming so yeah I, I think we kind of appreciate the fact it's been a, a, a good run out for the squad players however it was you know it's, I, i'm not too fussed about about going out Three three things I wanted really three players I wanted to ask your opinion on Walton Clark and Tuan Zabi. What are you? Mm. What Walton's first game since the uh, since the back end of last season? He got a bit of criticism on social media for the third goal. I think I saw. What were your opinions first on goal, him? I think first goal he was a little bit in no man's land. It, was, it wasn't a great night I thought for Harry Clark. Albeit yeah. he started on the left side and and kind of notionally is out of position. I know he, he can play there, but. I think the fullbacks really struggled last night, but then they're they're up against real quality and overlapping players and the likes of Dick Dick over Reed, who basically played wherever he wanted and floated around and created these these three V two overloads. So it wasn't a great night for the fullbacks more generally. And I thought Walton maybe Walton's in a really difficult situation because clearly the expectation is now that he needs to play the ball like Hladki, but that's not his natural game. He was doing some of that towards the end of last season because I know people kind of have maybe got a selective memory about it, but I'm definitely remember um, the North stand getting all a little bit hissy and irate or worried and panicky when Walton had the ball to feet and was drawing on league one defenders. Well, last night he's gone from 
a high press from League One players to a high press from Premier League players, yeah. internationals. It's very different. And so I thought I think he was always on onto a bit of a loser last night in terms of people comparing him to Ladki. I just don't think it was fair. And I think even Haladki might have struggled a little bit more than usual last night, um Wednesday night. So I'm not gonna read a huge amount into Walton's form last night and he's clearly getting back from injury as well. So I think he deserves a bit of patience and Neil sums it up pretty well for me on Twins AB. He got better as the game went on and okay. definitely him. You could tell there was a la- lack of cohesion and understanding between the back line. Certainly it's quite a, a weird config when you think about it, because it was Clark on the left, Burgess, Twins AB and uh, Donassian, who I assume have never played in a proper match together. Yeah. Um, and that community, and then Walton comes into the mix as well. So it, it took the defense a while to figure each other out and, you know, at that point, we were kind of one or two down. So, uh, yeah, I, I think Twanzebe is going to be decent in the long haul. It's whether he gets in the team or not. That's the question. And other than that, I don't think anyone's given McKenna too many headaches, if I'm honest, the likes of Taylor and, dare I say it. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't expect a huge amount of change for, for Saturday as a result of as a result of the uh, the game on Wednesday. And I guess these guys now have to wait for the FA Cup draw to see who we get in the first the first weekend of January and see if they get another run out. It's a, it's going to be a long time for those guys building up the fitness. I guess they're going to have to be patient now, bide their time, play the occasional under-23s game and just sit it out and wait for that cup draw. Yep, yep. Uh, I mean, there'll be rotation within these three-game weeks, probably, won't there? But, but the, likes of, the likes of Walton and, you know, maybe lesser sure. extent Twan's Arby, but yeah, Twan's AB, but yeah, Walton surely is going to have to, unfortunately, get you swarming the bench, I think, for the foreseeable. Yep. Uh, Michael um, kept hearing the name Harry Wilson. Was he that good or do we give him a bit too much room? Uh, I was sat next to uh, Dave Diamond last night and my brother and Laura and his dad came along as well. And um, to quote uh, David Diamond, Michael, a little bit of both there. Uh, you know, good footballers are going to find space. Um, but I, th- I think we just maybe we didn't get our press necessarily spot on last night. And that, that comes with inexperience and you yeah. know, different personnel and so on. So, yeah, nothing nothing particularly problematic for me there. Um, I, I, you know, against a quality team like Fulham and players like Harry Wilson, you just, yeah, just decent. Have to hold your hands up sometimes. Um, and Rob mentions Elkan Baggett, pleased for him. He came on actually second half a bit of us. We were kind of thinking he came on at two 0 and we were kind of thinking, oh maybe McKenna's going to bring on the big guns and try and go for it. And he brought on Baggett and Humphreys. And I think that shows our our priorities, yeah. isn't it? Let's be honest. But yeah, really pleased for him that he he scored and looked decent. Maybe a little bit culpable in the third goal. We kind of went for a challenge just just inside our half and missed it, and they broke through and crossed it and and scored from it. But um, again, as Neil says, Neil making some excellent points tonight. Uh, thought. Bagger was decent when he came on and he's going to be decent for us. Yeah, exactly right. And I thought Humphreys actually played at left back. Um, uh, came on for Denassian, I think, and Clark switched sides. And I thought Humphreys looked all right as well. So, yeah, maybe some other positives there to take out from that. Um, talking of, of players and, and having, you know, uh, making strong contributions, it is the end. We are in November now, so we are doing our October Player of the Month vote. That is in the chat for those of you watching on YouTube. Apologies for those listening afterwards or watching on demand. Uh, but if I, I think it's probably going to be a bit of a foregone conclusion, but if you want to have a vote, uh, click the relevant person. We've, we've narrowed it down to three on Telegram. It was pretty unanimous on who should definitely be in it, and the rest of it, the rest of the field was limited options, we put it that way. So um, don't let me sway you. Um, I will get Seb's view towards the end and we'll see who's won it, but get involved in the chat. Uh, other bits of business, ITFC women um, back in action. It's really, their fixtures list is really bitty at the moment, Seb. They've got games being rearranged because teams have got local cup competitions and then the cup 
kicks in as well and some teams are playing in it and some are not. We've got a League Cup tie away at Cardiff on Sunday, 1pm kickoff. And then the week after, next after Swansea, we are at Northampton Town in the FA Cup. So again, if you want to um, travel to that one um, and want more information, ITFCWOC on Twitter or X if you prefer um, to get more information about that. And obviously ITFC Women on, on Twitter and slash X. Um, I've got all the information as well, but yeah, good luck to the, uh, yeah, it's a long old trip to Cardiff, isn't it? So um, we wish them all the very best and it'll be good to get a home tie so we can actually have a home game before the end of the calendar year. But the men don't have a, a home game this weekend, so they are on the road as well. And maybe half the distance around the country to Cardiff, I guess you could say, is Birmingham. And that's where we're going. Wayne Rooney's Birmingham, as we've already said. I'd talk to us about the situation there because... It, I, I I was at the game. I was at Gary Rowett's last game in charge of Birmingham. I think they yeah, beat, both were. Weren't we? They beat us two one. Was it two one? Yeah. And and then he was sacked within kind of twenty four forty eight hours. And you kind of think, why? Yeah. And it, it it's early days for Wayne Rooney. We need to caveat that really heavily. But you kind of think, is this a bit of history <laughs> repeating itself? It is a bit of a weird situation. Talk to us about the state of play at Birmingham. What's going on there? Well, it's an identical situation to, to that December 2016, isn't it? Gary Rowett has them in seventh. They beat us 2-1 a couple of weeks before Christmas, I want to say. Um, kind of an era we were really struggling. Adam Webster scored, I think. And they, you know, they're you they doing a decent job and suddenly he's out. Gianfranco Zola is appointed, has a horrendous run, wins two out of 24 games. They have to bring in Harry Redknapp, who keeps them up on the last day of the season. We were at Forest. Remember the Inflatables game that they last day of the season? They have to bring in Harry Redknapp. They choose Sorry, to. they choose to yeah. bring in Harry Redknapp. But he does the job. He, he keeps them up doesn't stay much longer he does keep them up and it's just a bit of a kind of you know history repeating itself obviously like you say it's very early days for Wayne Rooney I'm sure he'll have a much better record than the two in 24 that, that Zola produced but it seems to to the outsiders to the rest of us as football fans it kind of seems to be a repeat scenario you know they've got John Eustace doing a doing a decent job has them in sixth in the league just in the playoff places a new ownership comes in in the summer that we'll discuss and, you know, he's gone. Rooney being the big name is in. We know that from our past. Sometimes takeovers and owners like to have prominent faces and well-known people. We had it with Roy Keane because it can enhance the brand and get you a bit more media coverage and stuff. And it's, to the rest of us, it seems a bit of a harsh decision on John on John Eustace. Wayne Rooney's come in. It's up to him now to kind of kind of get things up and rolling. And they've uh, they got a tricky start. Where it's the first three games he's lost, obviously, and they've got us coming to town at the weekend. So they were sixth when John Eustace left. They've now slipped to 14th with 18 points. They played 14, won five, drawn three, lost six, scored 16 goals, uh, conceded 17. The last five are the three defeats we've discussed for Rooney, so he's not won a game yet. Southampton away, Hull and Middlesbrough. The two wins preceding his appointment were West Brom and Huddersfield. Their home form is decent. The home form important with us going there at the weekend. It's 14 points from seven games, the two points per game, the magic number. Won four of them, drawn two, lost one, scored 11 goals at home and conceded six, but it's all about this three-game spell since Rooney took over isn't it? It is, yeah. I mean, we will talk a little bit more about it, but on the face of it, there's no, it's no disgrace losing to Southampton, Hull and Middlesbrough, yeah, is it? No, no. Uh, so maybe people reading perhaps more into that than, than maybe needs to be, but it, it, is a, it is a situation that has created itself by what seems from the outside a completely unnecessary decision. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, if, when, the turnaround comes and how sustained it is. Um, John here, our resident blue nose talking about a route sat for not signing a contract and talking to other clubs wanting their job. So you can kind of understand that and not, not, not drastically dissimilar. John will correct me here. Obviously Eustace was linked with the Rangers job, wasn't he? But when he was in post, so 
I don't know if that was a fact. It probably wasn't. I'm just speculating. But um, yes, very comparable, isn't it? Drew, uh, to talk about the owners then in this new this the situation there. Obviously, we talked about the big name in terms of Wayne Rooney. There's, there's some big names off the field as well. That if you watch the EFR highlight show uh, in October when this was announced, um, he pretty was pretty much an ever present on that one hour thirty minutes show, wasn't he? But I'm pleased in a way. I, and as I mentioned, I know a lot of Birmingham City fans and every season before the takeover, it's kind of like, well, we'll be one of the teams hovering around the bottom three. Yeah. And it's not a happy life or, or circumstance that. And, you know, you get the great buzz of staying up, but every season, every August, it's kind of feels the same. So, you know, the stadium issues, et cetera, et cetera. There was a lot of effort, uh, EFL inquiries as to the, the ownership structure before the takeover as well. So just some nice reassurance. And we all know what it, what it's like to have a progressive owner with a strategy and a plan who's visible. And, you know, we can't begrudge Birmingham City fans that, can we? And yeah, it's an interesting situation there. Talk us through it. Yeah, don't begrudge it at all. They were previously owned by the Trillion Trophy Asia company, and there were so many things going on around them. They became one of those clubs like we were, who kind of perennial circle the drain, but never quite make the drop into into League One. And like you say, the ambitions for for just staying up can eventually kind of grind you down. They've had a buyout in the summer, so the American investing group Knighthead uh, bought a controlling stake in the club, uh, bought the stadium, bought St Andrews, importantly, because that had really fallen into disrepair. And if you go in there on the weekend, you'll see kind of building work's been planned there to kind of restore it back to its uh, to its previous condition because it had been left to rot a, a bit like Portman Red was under, under Marcus Evans. They set up this affiliate company, the Shelby Companies Limited, which is brilliant. It's a nod to Peaky Blinders. Do the accent, Seb. Which is, the accent. I'll, I'll leave that to you being a former local up there. I'm actually re-watching Peaky Blinders at the moment, so it made, me, it, made, it made me smile when I saw that. I think that's a really good kind of little little twist. So they've bought it. They bought 46-odd percent of it with a view to do a full takeover in time. They've announced a new training ground. They've announced tarting up the stadium. Uh, and then Mr. Brady comes along in August 2023. He's invested his money Tom Brady, the God, what is it? 29,000 million Super Bowl victories uh, playing at the age of 50, provided his sports drinks. Was it sports drinks to us? He we were affiliated with him, weren't we? Yeah, was yeah. it sports drinks or something? Yeah, I think, oh, no, it was some kind of performance philosophy, wasn't it? I was, it was a little bit, it was definitely some performancey stuff. Right, yeah. I think was, there might have been some drinks in there. It sounds really weird, doesn't it? <laughs> but yeah, I think we were involved with his company, whether yeah. we still are or whether he's got an exclusivity agreement with Birmingham who knows but who knows but he's joined the advisory board so you know more exposure there announced they're going to pursue a category one status for the academy which has pleased Wayne Rooney he said when he was at Derby do the accent Wayne Rooney's accent <laughs> yeah go on no no <laughs> we said when they was at Derby they were thinking of wow they were thinking of moving down from a cat one to a cat two and he'd have walked if that had happened so the academy is clearly important to him so it's an all-round good news story it's investment off the pitch on the pitch some you know fresh faces some new ideas with the sports science aspects of Tom Brady and stuff so the the takeover was incredibly positive and I guess they went into this summer uh with a we'll discuss the transfer window in a minute but they kind of go into this summer with renewed optimism after so many years of being you know ground down by the previous owners uh we, we're getting it's tb12 thanks to elliot who are on, on the flip side of talking about global health and wellness asked me what i'm drinking tonight it's a little bit of um a little bit is, of wild is that, wave is cider, drink, is it? Oh, it's sometimes cider drink, no. right. sometimes beer sometimes cider right. so yeah i yeah good luck to them and yeah i think there's a lot of the stadium redevelopments or i guess what you remediation whatever that you know fixing up of the stadium that had been in disrepair i think culminates this weekend it might be the first game where things are reopening perhaps i might have got that wrong john will correct me 
so yeah, uh, three stands at Birmingham City are quite nice, and then they've got a similar stand to ours at the Cobalt Stand, and you kind of think, how oh, dare you? How dare you? It looks very similar in, in terms of size and structure. Oh, the, 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 the smirch on the cobble stand there is disgusting. I'll post pictures and I'll try and anonymize it as much as possible. They look very similar, the side stands. So, um, but anyway, anyway, I'm, I'm getting distracted in stadium repairs. We, we talked about John Eustace there. Let's, let's skip through John Eustace because he's not there anymore. No, um, but, but talk, to him, good... talk to me about last season in the, in the context of John Eustace. Yeah, he'd done a good job. So he was there for one season last year. They were the bookies' favourites for relegation. They finished 17th on 53 points, nine clear of the drop zone. Uh, that was their best points tally, I think, since 2016 odd. So he, he, he did really well. You know, they gave him five million quid in the summer. We'll discuss the transfer business. They give him over five million quid to kind of spend a older squad in his kind of design. He develops this well-oiled, defensively sound, I guess predominantly counter-attacking side that does well last year and starts this season very well. And obviously, as we all know, come the October break, he's gone. There was a statement from the club saying that John had clear ambitions and goals for the season. Unfortunately, following a series of meetings over a number of months, it became clear there was a misalignment with the leadership of the club. When this happens, the best thing to do is to part company. That was right at the start of the uh, the October international break. Sounds like corporate speak, David. I know it you does. It. it does, doesn't it? Yeah, misalignment. Um, Wayne Rooney left DC United on the on the Sunday night, and I think by the Tuesday or the Wednesday, he was unveiled. Yeah, I'm I'm distracting myself by trying to find pictures of. I think it's the Garrison Lane stand at Birmingham that looks like the cobbled. I, I think I'm probably being harsh on. Well, I'm insulting both sets of supporters, so I'm just going to abandon that that line of inquiry there. But yeah, as you said, I mean, in the context of we could be in trouble every single season. Uh, finishing 17th is pretty good and yeah. they've been quite fortunate by me in the respect of there's always dysfunctional teams of which you know Derby County have previously been one haven't they under Wayne Rooney so yeah um clearly safe clearly stable and then strange to give them the give him the back end of the summer as you say and then to change things but talk to me about Rooney's situation as well let's, let's inform us as to Wayne Rooney's career history I mentioned Derby there probably the most notable in terms of his managerial situation but he's uh, is it critical of me to say that he's had help wherever he's been Seb no, I think that's probably fair. I mean, he's, he's joined from DC United, had a spell over in the MLS. He was a player there once he left Derby and then went back and took over the, the, the reins there. He signed a four-year deal at Birmingham, so they clearly see this as being a, a longer-term kind of project and maybe a transitional uh, style in play to a, uh, what he wants to do and look them to get them moving up the leagues fairly rapidly. He's got Ashley Cole and John O'Shea there as part of his backroom staff. They've come across with him, so he's got a decent bit of experience behind him. He was a failure at DC United, I think that's fair to say. He's left because he couldn't get them into the playoffs. Um, I don't think that's a, a shock or an accusation to say that. I think he it was a kind of a, a mutual kind of coming together and they kind of thought, right, well, we, we can't get in the playoffs. This is over. Let's let's part ways. Derby is where we know him best from his time, obviously, at um, uh, in the UK. He was a player there with that weird sponsorship deal they had with him and then he takes over the reins during that fire sale shitstorm summer where all the assets get sold and they get points deductions left, right and centre. If you actually take the points deductions out of that season, he finishes on about 55 points and would have had them safe from relegation, even given the fact that, you know, players were sold, all that kind of stuff. So his, his win rate there wasn't amazing. It's a 28% win rate at Derby. But that season, he did do a pretty decent job given the circumstances that he had with his kind of hands tied behind his back. He's gone straight in at Birmingham. He's lost the first three, as you said, defeats to Southampton, Hull and Middlesbrough a fairly explainable in isolation they're not necessarily bad results but it's the fact he's the big name who's come in he's tried to change something that a winning manager had a, a winning formula of and that's what's ramped up the pressure on him and 
there have been some marginal moments in all the games yeah. which have, haven't really gone in their favour either. Talk to us about the last time against Southampton, a 3-1 defeat, which on the, on the face of it looks like you know, uh, quite a, a comfortable situation for Southampton, but it really wasn't. And there were some moments in there that really turned, you know, we saw it with Plymouth last week, you know, the situation with Edmondson. And if you want to relive that debate, then head back to the flagship show from last week with Ben and the guys. But they had, they had similar moments, didn't they, against Southampton last week? They did, yeah. Clearly offside goal for Southampton's opening one. Penalty should have been given. The goalkeeper completely takes out. I think it was Oliver Burke. That was a definite penalty. They get neither. They go down 3-1. But like I say, those decisions, the opening goal was relatively early. I think it was eight, nine minutes in. Uh, that actually changed the course of the game. The, the penalty was pretty blatant for whatever reason. That one didn't get given. Low possession, 29% possession in that possession in that game. 0.6 XG to 2.29 for all the oh, XG okay. lovers in the chat. Wow. Uh, 310 short passes to 796 by yeah. Southampton. Um, so comments afterwards from Rooney kind of comes out and he he questions some of the, that's it, yeah, like Lee says there, he criticised some of the players afterwards saying that he felt there was a lack of effort in the last 10 minutes. And you get this weird thing where he kind of says, you know, I've been in the dressing room and I'm asking the players, can you not do what I'm asking you to do? It sounds like he wants to get the goalkeeper, the two centre-backs and the number six in midfield who kind of drops in the defensive midfielder. He wants to get them playing more and he's kind of come out and said, maybe, maybe you guys can't do this yet. Am I asking too much of you? Is this something we need to park a little bit maybe and, and, and work on more? Just, you know, we saw it with Paul Hurst. Remember after the Exeter game, Paul Hurst comes out, has a go at the players and kind of says, this wasn't to that level. But if he's questioning the some of the, the effort in the last 10 minutes of a match three games in, that doesn't necessarily ring great for me. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, and may, it's a little bit of an old school tactic maybe to you know, to give everyone a bit of a G up. And I think if you're Wayne Rooney and you can kind of point to, you know, your success in the game as a player, yeah, yeah. that's maybe different to, you know, Paul Hurst was obviously a pro and played for Rotherham, et cetera. But, you know, it's kind of that, it's maybe along the, it's the school of Roy Keane, perhaps, in terms of shock and awe tactics, maybe. And, you know, as Lee says, it it might go one of two ways, perhaps. You never know. But I always kind of think when a manager comes out and criticises the players, the, a better strategy is possibly to hold your hands up and say, look, I'm I'm trying to do things here that maybe I'm rushing and, you know, it's going to take a bit of time. So, you know, we'll work through it together kind of thing. That's probably more of a considered way of doing it. But if, you know, there's a question about what Rooney says in the changing room versus what Rooney says in the press, and yeah. we obviously don't know what goes on between. So, yeah, interesting situation there. Talk to us about our history with Birmingham City because I don't have too many pleasant memories of playing Birmingham. I can remember Trevor Francis Grotti team in the 99-2000 yeah. season who Lazaridis dived, dived and won a penalty, didn't they? And they were yeah. quite physical with us. There's obviously that cup semi-final and watch Mikey's top five League Cup runs. I mean, it's kind of depressing and interesting in equal measure that, but that really unfortunate situation, dodgy pitch, the, the antics in the tunnel as well. But overall, Seb, we, we do have the moderately better record, don't we? We do edge it slightly, yeah. 35 wins to their 30, 18 draws between the two. The last time we played them was a one-all draw on the 13th of April, 2019. Can anyone tell me what was significant about that date? Go on, you know it. Well, it's the, it was the the point at which we, our relegation to the third tier became mathematically certain after almost a whole season of it being inevitable, wasn't it? And, yeah, uh, and obviously so Paul Lambert and Stuart Taylor in front of the North Stand pretending to like emotionally engage in the the cheering from the North Stand as we went down defiantly and then obviously gave him a five-year contract. 
brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, so Lucas Jukovic puts them ahead early. Guion Edwards equalised after on the stroke after half-time in the 46th minute. But we couldn't go on and get any points from that game. The last time at St Andrews was a 2 all draw in September 2018. 2-0 is a dangerous scoreline, came out managerial genius Paul Hurst after the game. We were 2-0 up, obviously, through John Nolan and Matthew Pennington. We let it slip back to 2-2. And I think at that point, we all kind of knew this wasn't going to go very well at all. Our last victory at St Andrews was nearly 11 years to the day. It was the 3rd of November, 2012. It was a certain managerial debut for a Mr. Mick McCarthy. I think we were both there. I was there. We were there. Yeah. Uh, DJ Campbell scores after six minutes or so. Nicola Zidic misses one of the easiest headers I've ever seen towards <laughs> the end of the game. We uh, we put our backs to the wall a little bit and we come out with a 1-0 win and we are up and running under Mick McCarthy. And I'm going to throw one of my quiz questions at you here because I know you love these. These are my uh, these are my revenge for the stupid prediction feature. How many, I'll give you DJ Campbell, how many of the 2012 1-0 Mick McCarthy managerial oh, debut 11 man. can you get Go. It was a 4 4 even... 2 shock horror. 4 4 F and 2. Was Lee Martin in the team? Yeah, one. Yeah. Did he cross it? I think he might have got an assist for it. I might probably, be wrong. His, probably his only assist for us. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't even tell you he was in goal. Stephen Henderson or something yeah, like that. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I think you've, you've, you've got this on the screen. I bet you Carl, knew this was coming. No, no, no. Carlos no. Edwards. Yeah. At right back or right yeah. midfield? Mick knows at right back. Mick moved him quite quickly, but he, he did, was at didn't right he? back. Uh, oh, blimey. I'm trying to think. Was Chambo in the team? I guess yeah. he would have been. Yeah. Scoose then? Nope. No. Scoose doesn't sign to the following summer. Oh, okay. Uh, help me out in the chat, folks. I'm struggling a little bit here. Uh, here we've got uh, Cresswell. Yeah, he was the left back. So you've got no all the defence part. You've got, I don't think you'll get the other centre off. I'll give you that one. It was Danny Higginbotham who was on loan. Oh, I was going to say, was it a loney like? Yeah. Um, well, um, it was Richie Wellens was on there. There you go. That's one. So you've got two more mid, the two central midfielders on the day. I am. One was a short term. No, one was a short term signing from somewhere. Oh, Rio Coca. That's it. Yep. yep and bit of a bit of rubbish. a unit. A Mick McCarthy kind of player that he would love. A really physical, tall, big. Did Moshe play in that midfielder. game? He came off the bench and got. I points. thought he did. Yeah, he did. He came off the bench and got um, points. Goodness me. Uh, no. I. Uh, what position? Sorry. Central midfield alongside Rio Coca. Mick oh, Ryan and Door. There you go. Ex Blues, I think. So. Ex Birmingham, I think. There you go. Goal, Minus ten points. Keep a track to somebody, please, in the chat yeah. of how many he's going to lose on the. Have I got it? All? Have I done it? No, you need the other striker alongside DJ Campbell. This will be easy. Mick McCarthy up front. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. cool, well nice, done. good effort. Yeah, cheers. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the." F- are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash-switch. Forty-five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Whether you need a VPN to protect your world online, to allow you to change your worldwide location virtually, or maybe a bit of both, NordVPN gives you the freedom to do so. NordVPN also allows you to stream TV shows, films and even sporting events which aren't available in your local region, changing to a country which is showing that content, meaning you can switch as seamlessly as a Kira McKenna in-game tactical tweak with just one click. But that's not all. NordVPN can also look after you while online, preventing your card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands, safeguarding your personal and sensitive information from harm. Think of it as a cyber Sam Morsey, offering protection to your own personal back four, 
but with far fewer yellow cards. NordVPN is available for the price of a cup of Bovril per month and one account can be used across six different devices. Visit nordvpn.com forward slash blue monday or click the link in the podcast description for more information about the offer and a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee trial period. You'll also be helping out the pod by subscribing. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, I, there's some really good token references here for Birmingham teams of the past. They like a tall striker, Seb, don't they? Uh, Kevin Francis. Do you remember Kevin Francis? He was an absolute beast. He was like <laughs> yeah. the guy who came on for Huddersfield yeah. um, in the second half. Um, he was I, I, He was in the team where I think we beat them 2-0. Simon Milton scored two really lovely goals in that one. Um, so there's a shout out for him. You mentioned Ziggich and John here, our mate John, uh, missing <laughs> a simple one. Imagine my shock. Love the big man though. He was a big tall unit. And obviously Jukovic is still around. I think we were linked with him. He's not as big as those guys, but they do love a tall target man, don't they, at Blues, at Birmingham City. Sorry, it's just too easy. Minus 20. This is brilliant. Let's move on. Uh, 6'11". Who's, who's 6'11", Neil? That's what we... Is it Ziggich or... And Ziggich played in that... Was he in the team that won the League Cup, Seb? Uh, maybe he yeah, Martins because he scored the winning goal, didn't he? After yeah, the yeah, yeah. mess up with the Arsenal keeper. I don't know if he was alongside him. I'm sure um, John in the chat will be able to... Uh, be oh, able John to... says DJ Campbell was at Birmingham. He, he said something different, but I can't say it out loud. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. So yeah, uh, interesting. We're being distracted tonight. Lots of trivia. That's good. So overall marginally better record however not not in recent times we've certainly. only that, that one that mick mccarthy win is our only win there since 1986 oh man why are we going no we <laughs> it's a different team it's a new it's, it's yeah. a different Ipswich team uh kevin francis he could trap a ball further than beckham could pass a ball says michael <laughs> Ward. Uh, let's talk about the new guard at birmingham then and as john um has added in here um he uh, has suggested that uses was maybe not as actively involved in the recruitment in the summer as we talked about the comments have moved on so i can't now find it i think gardner is isn't he i think he's involved he in mentioned the recruitment it, yeah. Side of it yeah i think yeah. he's involved in the recruitment side of it so i think their summer business is pretty sensible pretty pretty good business you know they've kind of got this this philosophy of signing these young premier league kind of two 2.5 million quid kind of prospects with i guess a view to develop them and selling them like they did with tithe chong who they signed for 1.5 million last summer from man united and he moved on to to luton this summer for four million quid so they've nearly tripled their money in a 12 month period and I, I think that's kind of what they're looking to do with this summer's kind of arrivals. Dion Sanderson's coming from Wolves. He's a centre-back slash right-back, 2.3 million quid. Lee Buchanan, who was with Rooney at Derby, one of the fire sale players. He went to Werder Bremen. They bought him back for 1.5 million. Ethan Lard was pretty highly rated, a right-back at Man United. Laird, sorry. He's joined for just under 900 grand. Christian Bellick was on loan there from Derby. I think they were trying to get his wages off the books. He's joined permanently for around about 600,000 quid. He's a sign of defensive central midfielder. Tyler Roberts is coming from Leeds for half a million quid not really featured been injured since uh, since August um, I won't be back till after the international break apparently Sarika Dembele ex uh, posh against us tore us to pieces a couple tricky, of times I tricky think. winger yeah, did you see him to- against Borough uh, no, I haven't. No. He creates a chance against Borough and basically absolutely, he, he pulls two defenders' pants down. It's embarrassing how he's kind of tricking his way through past them. It's hilarious. But Well, he got a uh, decent move, didn't he? He went from posh yeah. to Bournemouth, uh, got up to the Premier League. Then he got loaned out somewhere last year and he's come back down. So he's a very good player at this level. I like him. Jay Stansford is a player as well that I really like on loan from Fulham. Speller Exeter last season. Obviously, the great the great uh, link up with his dad when he scored the, the, you know, the goal in his dad's memory. So he's a player I really like. Uh, Oliver Burke's kind of one of those perennial low 
Maloney's perennial moves after being a bright young prospect came through at Forest and was sold for big money to was it Red Bull Leipzig I want to say for six seven yeah. eight million quid or so he kind of shuffles around every summer and gets gets put out here and there he's been playing on the right hand side for them Cody Drama was the right back who came on and then got subbed in the four three game for Leeds at Portman Road so he might he, he, he might well feature and the key departures were Joe Bellingham obviously the brother of of Jude and Chong who I previously mentioned went to Fulham for four effort went to Luton uh, for four million quid so I, I think their strategy's kind of been to get these younger Premier League kind of ability players low few million pounds develop them look to sell them on and reinvest I think that's a pretty good business model the problem you've got is that John might correct me but if you know if, if, if you, John Eustace is giving the sign off of some of these signings and you bid him off 11 games into the season it's a bit weird to kind of you know then put your eggs in the Rooney basket if you maybe haven't recruited a squad to play the kind of style he wants to play yeah but uh, it's, it's either a weird coincidence or it's just one of those things a lot of players with ex-Derby and Man United connections yeah so, yeah yeah uh, conspiracy theorists out there um fill your boots perhaps but yeah a, a model that a lot of teams at this level are going for and you know similar to Ipswich a lot of those you know a couple of really decent young players on loan you mentioned Stansfield uh, drama can play either side as a fullback can't he so yeah. that's useful for them too so you know Stansfield scored a really tidy goal against Southampton didn't he through on goal pacey so yeah some good recruitment there um do you want to talk to us about obviously Rooney's tried to shift it a little bit in terms of style of play formation etc back four um, but maybe uh, a move to a more aggressive style of play, perhaps? Yeah, it looks like it's gone to more of a 4-3-3. So it was pretty much a regimented 4-2-3-1 under Eustace. Just looks like it's gone to more of a 4-3-3 under Rooney. They sort of, on the scale of, of, of styles of play, they're more towards the fast and direct playing style. They're not a Rotherham, obviously, or a or a, a Huddersfield, for example, but they are more kind of that end of the of the scale. They average 43% possession in their games, which is 18th. 76% passing accuracy is 17th. They take 12 shots per game, which is 16th. A lot of these stats are kind of lower mid-table, kind of lower third of the table kind of numbers. They're very foully. 13.6 fouls per game is the second highest in the league. So expect a bit of fouls going on throughout the afternoon. 302 short passes per game isn't amazing. It's the 19th. Again, kind of a lower third kind of statistic. And they're only 14th for pressing intensity. So yeah, he's kind of shifted it more to a, a 4-3-3 rather than the 4-2-3-1, which was working well under Eustace. Cover your ears, John. I always think Birmingham teams are foul, he said. They're always quite aggressive, <laughs> I think. So, yeah, yeah uh, that doesn't surprise me. And it'll be interesting to see how, how, how Rooney evolves that. But I'd imagine it will be quite, yeah, get the ball up. To uh, We'll talk about who's, who's going to play up front. But the goal for, against for Stansford, goal against Southampton was the direct ball over the top, wasn't it? So it wouldn't surprise me that you go for pace or you go for the target man to bring others into the team and, and play it wide. So, yeah. Uh, any, any key player? We mentioned some of them in terms of the recruits. Obviously, Stansfield, um, he's the top scorer, isn't he, online from Fulham? We mentioned Dembele. Has he got, is it three goals or three assists? Uh, three goals. Dembele's got Stansfield's top scorer with four. John Ruddy, ex-Norwich, is a keeper. 37, three clean sheets in 14 so far this season. Are we getting some attention, aren't he? I think so, yeah. Koji Mishu is a player I like. He kind of plays on the right-hand side. Two What's goals, two assists. You heard it. Uh, Rooney Yoshi. Yeah, that's what I said, isn't it? Ko okay. No, Koji Miyoshi. Uh, two goals, two assists. Rooney will probably go with Burke, though he's more physical, he's more muscular, so I think he probably suits him a little bit better. Uh, Scott Hogan, you can still find him. He's still there. He's ex-filler, isn't he? Is that right? Is yeah. he across the divide? Yeah. 13 starts, one goal. So, so he's Gary Gardner. Gary Gardner, Gardner. yeah. Six starts, one goal, still around. A central midfield could be a little bit feisty. Between them, Christian Bellic, Jahino Bakuna, and even Sunich all have 12 yellow cards between them. Obviously, we have Mr. Morsi on six, so no, maybe expect a bit of a, expect a bit of a coming together in central midfield, maybe. Yeah, Yukovic has got um, 
he averages 0.9 goals per 90. So still there. Quite yeah. A ref- yeah, he could be a, a threat still as well. There's definitely a lot of options there. It's just finding the way to get a tune out of them. And John has said, used to struggle to do that. Uh, so, you know, Rooney is a former attacker, I'm sure may have some strategies there, but plenty of options to change the game, isn't it? And yep. pace through Hogan, maybe getting on a little bit, but still quite quick. And obviously Stansfield as well. If you want to, if you want to get crosses into the box, then there's no one really better in the, over the last sort of five, 10 years at championship level than you commits to get on the end of those. So they do have the options, but I think for probably for me, Seb, um, the takeaways from watching some of the games, the highlights from the games of late is how static the defending is. There's a lot yes. of second phases, a lot of balls that drop in in the penalty area where the defenders switch off or they are they're alive for the the first phase but not conscious of another player coming in and and for me given we like those overlaps we like you know players moving and floating around broad head chaplain finding pockets of space that gives me some comfort as does a few issues with injury as well. Laird's come back. He's a right back, um, has only made a few starts, but might be favoured at right back instead of Draymond, who might move over. But they've Tyler Roberts is out. Um, Keshi Anderson's out as well. I think Lee Buchanan as well. So there's some of those signings we talked about should are unlikely to feature. So yeah, it's an interesting shuffling of the pack that Rooney's going to do there as well. So we shall wait and see. Um, any any other bits and pieces? Any other insights you want to share with us? Just a final takeaway: it might not be the game you want to leave early. Birmingham have conceded six goals after the 76th minute, and we've scored seven after the 76th minute. So it might not be one to duck out early from. There you go. Don't jump on the train at Bordsley too early. Um, our mate John coming with the insights. Thanks, John. Um, he's, his prediction is Stansfield, Dembele and Burke as yeah. a front three. So um, there you go from the inside. Uh, thanks, John, on that. Should we talk about us then, Seb? Um, I guess it's back to it's Plymouth the, lineup, isn't it? Yeah, it's the traditional bit strongest 11, isn't it? It's what we all know now to be our first choice. I guess being in a away game, maybe I thought Jackson might come in that pace, looking to get in behind the fullback uh, in place of Amari Hutchinson. Have you got any thoughts on that one? <sighs> I don't really. Um, Woodward, Woodward mused. <laughs> Woodward mused. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good shout, actually. Give us a thought in the... Do you go the trickery of Hutchinson or the sheer pace of Jackson? I So both of them featured on Wednesday. Yep. Jackson started, yep. which makes me think that Hutchinson might start on Saturday just because of that rotation situation by McKenna um, for Fulham. Um, I didn't think uh, Jackson didn't really have the best of games against Fulham. No surprise. He, was, he had a good chance in the first half, probably made the wrong choice to shoot rather than to square it. Um. But yeah, maybe Hutchinson just for the trickery and and you know as I talked about the static nature of um, Birmingham's back four that might be useful for us. So maybe Hutchinson and you know Colin saying Hutchinson please. Um, uh, Burgess v Edmondson is the other debate well, going on the there, debate, chat, isn't it? Edmondson came out of nowhere like he tends to do every now and again. He was parachuted in for the whole game, parachuted in for the the Plymouth game. I think I think Burgess comes straight back in alongside Wolfenden, don't you? Yeah, I agree. Again, Wolf. Again, Burgess started on Wednesday, but was stuck off pretty keeping, early. Though, yeah, wasn't he? that's that's pre-planned to keep him ticking over, isn't it? Yep. Uh, John saying, if we play long yellow, whoever is your right side wide player? Yeah, he's the left back. He kind of got torn to pieces against Anton a little bit, and there is space in behind. So perhaps that is a game for Jackson to look to really break, kind of break beyond him. I think what I've read suggests John that Laird might come in at right back and Draymond moves over to left shifts across yeah we shall see but Laird's obviously getting up to speed only three starts this season so um, yeah so I think we are we settling on Hutchinson and Burgess then is that I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Jackson and Burgess let us know what you think in the chat um 
let us know, Jackson Hutchinson. Have we missed anything else out? I don't think we have really. It's the, we all know what our strongest eleven is now, don't we? It's, yeah. it's it's established. It's well known. The Clarky Walter debate's been put to bed. I guess Twan Zabi maybe is going to start to be drip, drip fed in a little bit now. We might see him get a, a run out in these three game weeks like we've got coming up. But I think if we if we had a playoff final tomorrow, I think we could all pretty much name the side if everyone's fit, couldn't we? Yep, I think there's. I think there's apart from you want Jackson. Did you say? I think it'll be Jackson. I okay. think it'll be Jackson and Burgess back in for Hutchinson and for uh, Edmondson. Okay. Well, I think we debated this last week and neither of us got it. Well, we I think we went. I can't remember what we did. I said week. Hutchinson come in for a home game, and I was I was yeah. correct. So there you go. Uh, Harness and Twenzebe. Uh, uh, those are words, Mullet, rather than necessarily a question. But I don't think they start. No, they certainly I don't. don't start for me. No. Um, but maybe some rotation at Rotherham, perhaps, and we'll debate that on the flagship show on Sunday. Talking of flagship show, um, we are back on Sunday. I think it's me and uh, we're, we're both travelling up, aren't we? Or you're travelling down, yeah. I'm travelling across. So we'll be in the flagship. Um, what, what's the the flagship crew? I don't the know what, what we call ourselves. Flagship lineup. And Craig, I think, is also making the trip as well. So join us yeah. at eight pm on Sunday live to go through it. Hopefully, John won't be having much to crow about, um, <laughs> but hopefully, you'll join us either way, John. Uh, so yeah, do join us for that. Uh, we mentioned it's the start of a three-game week. We will be doing a, a, a rare live Tuesday post-match reaction after Rotherham. That'll be Dave and I. And then I think I, I'm, I've negotiated a night off for the pre-match show next week. So different configuration, I think, for the pre-match show next week. Usual times, Thursday, live 8pm, flagship Sunday, 8pm. If you're in doubt, that's the rule of thumb, and we'll tell you if there's anything different there. Lots of other cool stuff going on at the moment. Um, we are great, um, happy to support um, Wear the Sport. Uh, it's a, a friend of the pod um, who has created his own uh, kind of. It's kind of like little. I've got um, an image here. It's like little icons, ITFC icons from key moments in our history, and you can get that on a hoodie and a t-shirt. If you use the promo Blue Monday, all one word in caps, you get fifteen percent off your order. Go to Wear the Sport. W E A R the Sport dot com to make your order there and support one of our own as always you could support the podcast as well if you want to get blue monday merch or if you want to join our telegram group the blue, the uh the match day chat will open up on friday evening um two each free trial and then a subscription after that but we're really enjoying it we had a i think everyone was a little bit tetchy after plymouth when we said but we didn't really know how to process that win and i think it was the same on twitter it was the same on twtd as well i think it was just a it's, it's weird at the moment because we haven't got a huge amount to moan about. Uh, yeah. So uh, Telegram kind of had its kind of a bit of a, a, a relax on Sunday. It's all good. We've won Ooh, the game. Sir. So yeah, we, um, we uh, so it's great fun there and a really great community. And if Jack, our mate Jack isn't writing a really interesting blog, um, then Sean, our mate oh Sean my God, is... You need to join Telegram oh. just for Sean's insights. It is incredible. It's literally like having a some sort of Premier League analyst in the Telegram group. The stuff he can see is absolutely phenomenal. So if if tactics and you know video screenshots are your thing, come and join Telegram because the insight you get from Sean is absolutely incredible. The man is a legend. Yep, I totally agree. And we've also got an exclusive Q&A coming up as well. It's been a while since we've done one of those as well. So head to bluemondayitfc.co.uk for the link for all of the stuff we've talked about, all of our links to our shows, uh, the merch store and Telegram. And as of as always, we're brought to you in partnership with the Greyhound. Um, it's obviously uh, an away week 
um, this week until next Saturday. So do come and join lots of us in. And Seb um, is making a trip back as well next Saturday in the Greyhound, um, the perfect pre-match venue as well. So we thank the Greyhound for their support. I think Seb, have, have I done everything? I'm just going to check. So. I'm going to check the chat. Yeah, I think I've. No one's slagging anything. No one's saying anything. I've done anything wrong. So we're going to do some predictions. So get your thoughts into the predictions now. Also give us a thumbs up and a subscribe if you haven't already as well. That's, that's always good to remind people. Thank you to Facebook, uh, Jason, Matt, Ben, Sam, Elliot, Angela. Thank you for your thumbs up on Facebook. Please do likewise on YouTube. It does help us out. And let's talk about how great I am at predictions. Oh, Seb. I Look hate this that. feature. I hate it more than anything. And do you know what the difference was between you and I last Yeah, it was week? me mocking you. I texted you at full time. It was me mocking you when you said Ply- uh, ITFC 3, Plymouth 2. And I went, what? They're not going to score two goals away from them. They've only scored four all season. And it was the deciding vote, wasn't it? It was the two points was the difference between correctly predicting the win and correctly predicting the score. So, yes, I'm now clear. Ten points oh, clear at the top. Lovely. And five points clear in terms of rounds as well elliot had a really good um round previous week but um fell away a little bit this time around so thank you to elliot he's back and he's in the chat as well i think elliot so if you want to share any of your working um let us know your logic um but do give us your thoughts in the chat we will come to those in a second let's um let's put the fixtures up on the screen there and have a look at what's going on i found it a really tricky week to predict if i'm honest there's a lot of marginal games are probably the most significant one and the one there was a little bit of debate of in telegram today is leicester v leeds and what you want out of that and you've you've do you want a draw or no, are you predicting I, a draw no I, i'm predicting a draw i want a leicester victory okay i don't care about winning the league i just want to keep that you know that that healthy gap between us and Leeds for as long as possible because we all know come January they'll go out and spend 30 million quid on players and we'll really start to hunt us down so I want that gap to be as big as possible going into the 1st of January so I want Leicester to win but I think think it'll be a draw interesting Why, why do you think that? I just do okay fine don't need to share your work. I just think it's one of those games where, you know, we've seen that Leeds can, you know, Leeds can really turn it when they need to. Equally, they can be crap. Look it's at the Stoke. Stoke performance. Yeah, yeah, I know that. But they, I think when it matters, they will turn it on. It's a big game. It's on Sky. It's under the lights. I'd be surprised if they didn't turn it on for the, uh, Yeah, no, but I'd be still... If it's at Leeds, I'd, I'd, it'd be a different story, I'd, I think. I'd, I'd be surprised if they didn't turn up for that one. I, I'm talking... I'm pressing you on it so much so that what will happen is you'll be correct. So you're welcome in advance. Uh, other games there. I mean, the, the managerial merry-go-round seems seemingly endless. Obviously, Bristol City still without a manager versus Sheffield Wednesday, who have a new manager and got off the mark against Rotherham there. Uh, Huddersfield v Watford. Again, Darren Moore effect hasn't really worked there, has it? Probably the best they've done is that is that draw with us, wasn't it? Uh, Millwall without a manager as well, I think, face Southampton. Plymouth, we've gone for a tool with Middlesbrough. That's a tough one to break Plymouth-Middlesbrough, I thought. Well, Middlesbrough were on an amazing run of form, weren't they? And it kind of bottomed out against Stoke. Plymouth, obviously, is a tough place to go to, but we've both gone for high-scoring draws. We were both impressed with Plymouth, I think it's fair to say, last week, weren't mm. we? We thought they were decent, and you know, I think they're better than the lead position possession um, suggests. And Middlesbrough will look to start again now with another decent run, so I've gone for a high-scoring draw like you have. Coventry can't seem to get their season up and running. Obviously, defeat to West Brom on, on Monday night. Some weird situations there, some marginal moments that went against them, but they just don't seem to be able to click. And, you know, players they've spent big money on aren't firing for them either. Yeah. I'm not predicting them to get... Uh, you're predicting them to come good at Preston, though, Seb. Only because Preston's have been on an awful run of form since yeah. the, just before the last international break. They're, they're, it must be, the, along with QPR, it must be the worst form in the division, surely. Uh, 
Yeah, QPR now managing list. Well, no, they've got a, a new guy in, haven't they? Oh, they've got a new guy, yeah. Um, what's his name? Miguel Fuentes from Sweden. Yeah. I mean, so nothing, nothing says joined up forward-thinking progressive club like sacking Gary Ainsworth and bringing in a possession-based style yeah, player. It's, football, just, yeah. It's, so, it's like a dartboard and just chucking, yeah, you know, yeah. blindfolding yourself and chucking arrows and seeing, I've gone for a new manager bounce at QPR. I think Rotherham in big trouble. That defeat to Sheffield Wednesday, probably quite telling for me. So I, I've got worries about Rotherham you know, as most of us did at the start of the season. Stoke, Cardiff, Swansea, Sunderland, West Brom, Hull, and even Norwich, Blackburn. I think their marginal games said they could go either way, couldn't they? So a lot of hedging of bets, a lot of draws that you and I have gone for there. Uh, West Brom, probably one of the form teams in the division. I think both of us predicting a home win for them there. And the big one, talk to me about one or draw. We, we seemingly have the same logic of a one or draw. Is it that Wayne Rooney's run surely can't go on forever? Or is it something else? It's a bit of that. I have a. I don't know why. I have a nagging doubt with this game. I don't know if it's because we weren't against. We weren't our best against Plymouth. I know we still won the game and scored three goals, but we weren't at our best. We've played in midweek. They haven't, albeit a fair few of our players didn't really get any minutes and got rests. Um, I just it's it's a place we haven't got a good record at. I know things are, are different now under McKenna, but for me, there's something in the back of my mind just saying that you know for Rooney to come in and lose four games would be you know would be a, an awful start for him, and I I just think sometimes. Sometimes when the chips are down a little bit, sometimes managers can find that, you know, that thing inside their inside their squads to get something. And I just feel like I think it's gonna be a one or draw. Yeah, I kind of think that they've had some really tough games. We are no different. And yeah. I just kind of think there's a point where momentum has to end, something has to change. I think Rooney's whether it was, uh, you know, we'll find out obviously on Saturday, but the, the kind of rallying call, the kind of calling out the players, et cetera, after Hull and Stone, I think there's a point where they haven't had a midweek game like we have. Yeah. I think it catches up to us. And I think maybe half, you know, I take a point at Birmingham if it then means we beat Rotherham. You know, yeah. that that's a four-point configuration that I'm very happy with. So yeah, that's fine. That's probably my thinking. So, yeah. Um, but Elliot... Bless him, is, is ever the optimist. He's gone for a 2 0 town win. That would be excellent as well, wouldn't it? Their home, the home form is good. I know he really lost his one game there, but like we said earlier, 14 points from seven games is a brilliant return. So they are strong at St Andrews, and we are yeah. crap at St Andrews as well. Let's see what the folk in the chat have to say. Michael, is this the game? Michael mentions this every week. We'll call this the Michael scoreline. Uh, is this McKenna's first 3 1 win? Obviously, with, on the wrong side of a 3 1 on Wednesday night, but yeah. Could be. Is that your prediction, Michael? Or have you superseded it with something else? We'll see. Chris has gone for our, a 2-0 town win. Charlie has been very active in the chat. We see you, Charlie. Uh, he's going for a 2-0 Birmingham win. I can I can translate for folk who don't who don't speak Midlands like I do. Uh, Reading um, Tractor's going for a 3-0 town win. Neil's going for 2-1. AD also going for 2-1. Uh, one trip, only one all. He's also seen similar logic to us. Here's John. Hart says 2-1 Birmingham. Head says a three-one Ipswich. Wow, that's quite a goodness <laughs> me. You know, those are competing forces there, John. I hope you're okay. Uh, Colin's going for a two-nil. Uh, Lee a one-nil or a two-one. Eric four-nil Birmingham. Eric, what's happened, Eric? I thought Eric used to be ever the optimist in these predictions. Said four-nil Birmingham. Wow. Um, evening to MW. I'm only forty-seven minutes late, but now watching a bit behind. That's fine. You can scroll back and pretend like you're live. MW, but maybe go and watch it afterwards. Um, great to have you with us whenever you join us, um, especially after the fact as well. Hello to the folk who are listening on podcast. We appreciate you too. Rob's going for a 2-1. Uh, Colin's going for a draw, please. Um, nothing to be sniffed at at a wager, is there? Uh, Neil wants a Leicester win as well. 
um, and Alex, town to win 2-1. And in the big game this Saturday, the Copa Libertadores final, Fluminese 3, Boca 0, Patrick for German Cano. There you go. I couldn't tell you anything about that, but thank you, Alex, for opening our minds and awareness to games further afield. Uh, No-brainer, says David. Foxes win. Yeah, I think we all agree with that. Um, Chaplin double says Anthony. Um, Eric he's due a goal, goal, isn't he, Chaplin? What was his last goal? Yeah. Preston. Yeah, he's due a goal, Connor, isn't he? Celebrate yeah. the birth of his his new child. So, yeah, not a bad shout there. Uh, Jack, I, I assume this is Jack. Jack's won both. Uh, assume he's talking Leeds and Leicester, both deducted points for gross <laughs> financial malfeasance. Uh, love a bit of that. Um, yeah, so I think we've. I think generally the consensus here is uh, is for a town win. We are we are a little bit more cautious as is our as is our way. It's more my style than yours, to be honest, isn't it? And There's just something really. in the back of my mind. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just, just, I've been to St. Andrews loads of times. I saw us play Coventry there in League One and it's it's never been a place we've done well at. So I think that's just in the back of my mind and the whole Rooney factor. And yeah, I just, yeah. Take a point, get out of town and move on to, with wins against Rotherham and Swansea and make it a seven point week. Could this be David Wagner's last game in the Norwich dugout, Seb? I hope not. I don't think they'll sack him because of the CEO kind of transition takeover thing. They've got the new guy, what's he called? Nap, is it? Nap or something? He's, he's coming in, isn't he? But Weber is still there. So it's probably one of the safest jobs in the league at the moment because there's no one knows who's meant to fire him. And hopefully he'll still be there on the 16th of, November, of December. Michael's come back with a 1-0 and reminds us that's what we do away from home. Quite right. Great point. Yeah, very good point. Yeah, we've got a few more two ones. Yeah, so there you go. Um Excellent stuff. I, th- I think Eric was predicting Leicester lead, so apologies if I've missed. I think Colin there, was too. Yeah, I think when Colin said a draw, I think he was referring to the Leicester Sorry, yeah. sorry, guys. Yeah, I am uh, too many moving parts here. I'm just a man. I'm just useless. Cool. We will come back next week. Well, we won't. Someone else will be taking credit for either our work or Elliot's work next week, and they'll be and they'll be ruining my record probably by sabotaging me i can i can just feel it right now i can oh, paranoid like, much i think it's craig who will be who's in my in the host chair and i can just feel the cogs whirring in craig's mind there'll be 10 eights and 17 threes predictions won't there um i really yeah. hope so yes i'm not a bitter bastard but anyway we'll, we'll find out you guys will find out next week Thank you, everyone, who's made it this far. If you want to shout out any last-minute predictions, any team selections or anything else, get them in the chat now. We will say um, hello, goodbye to as many people as possible. As always, we're brought to you in association with the Graham Pub in Ipswich. Do check them out. Do come and have a chat with us on Telegram. Uh, do give us a thumbs up as well. Appreciate every thumbs up on your YouTube. Really helps nudge us up the algorithms and all that kind of fun stuff like that thank you to facebook as well um if you're listening on podcast do give us a five-star review we appreciate those um and and if you provide us very specific feedback we will take action on it like microphones and internets and all sorts so um if you've got strong feelings about how we do things here at blue monday please be courteous and 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 positive in your constructive criticism but nevertheless let us know if we can make your in experience of listening or watching to blue monday even better then do let us know as we mentioned, we'll be back for the flagship show on Sunday, Seb and I and Craig, I think, as well, making up that trio. So do join us live 8 p.m. there. And also keep a lookout on our Twitter slash X page. We've got a giveaway with our mates at Footy Fits. Um, this lovely Kieran McKenna, we've got Super Kieran McKenna t-shirt. So the usual retweet, follow Malarkey if you want to win a free t-shirt with Footy Fits. So keep an eye out there. Go and support Wear the Sport and Blue Monday, ITFC, 
www.go.uk is where you can find all the useful information. I'll put some comments up, Seb, so go slow. And when you're ready to sign off, you give me the thumbs up and we'll be ready for it. Thank you to everyone for getting involved tonight. Thank you to, to John for the Birmingham insight as well. Much appreciated. Yeah, cheers, Hope you enjoy the game on uh, on Saturday, but but not too much. And I guess, look, the cup is over. It's We're back to the league program now. It's a, a three-game week coming up, and then we've got the international break on the horizon before it gets really serious. McKenna came out earlier and said there's something he like came 12, out free. There's, there's 12 games between the, uh, the West Brom Sky game and the Stoke on New Year's Day game, so it's going to get very, very busy very, very quickly. Here's another brilliant week. I look forward to seeing you, mate, at Birmingham, please come and say hello to us if you see us. The cup is dead. Long live the league. Come on, you blues. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.